0: with 174 days until the midterm election this is a dark time in america today we'll talk about the latest on abortion violence from coast to coast and the hypocrisy on the left about that violence that plus the headlines of the day on this week's dale carter's america from the heart flyover country. He's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. Dale Carter's America. I am Dale. He is Kurt, and we are brought to you in part by our good friend Bob Watson, State Farm agent in Blue Springs, for 48 years covering homes and autos. In fact, by way of full disclosure, he covers my autos and my home. Yep. He's a great guy. Um, and he is licensed in Kansas and Missouri. And, you know, when you think about insurance, and I know there are cheaper options out there, you can call 1-800-INSURE-ME you know, insure me or whatever, and, and you can find somebody, right? right? I like to have a face. Mm-hmm. I like to have a name. Mm-hmm. So if I've got a problem, I pick up the phone and I call 816-229-7878. And I say, hey, I need to talk to Bob. Mm-hmm. Bob's my guy. Yeah, you have his, his phone, his phone number too, don't you? I have his cell phone number, which yeah. I'm not going to give out here. Right. right. No, uh, of Because course. we're good friends and I don't think we'd be great friends if I gave out his cell phone number. Uh, but he's at Eighth and Main in Blue Springs. And again, he's built a 48 year practice. He has a great staff. And if you need insurance, he's got surprisingly great rates.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, with anything, you get what you pay for. And, and, uh, I don't think, you know, by any means, he's, Obviously not the most expensive person out there. He's got great rates, but, uh, you know, if you go with some super cheap option, I mean, you're going to get a robot online that's going to be answering And then you're high your, and dry. You know, yeah. you've had
0: an accident, and yeah, it's exactly. like, now what do I do? Yeah. Okay, so Bob Watson's there for you. We're, we're proud to have him as a sponsor on Dale Carter's America, uh, the podcast. To some news headlines, I just saw this one, Kurt. A judge has blocked the HHS ruling that would force religious hospitals— to perform gender reassignment surgery on children as young as infants if parents request it. I mean, let's unpack that to begin with. Not Let's don't talk about religious institutions like Catholic hospitals, for instance, but who in their right mind as a parent says, you know what, my little girl needs to be a boy, or my little boy needs to be a girl. Well, can we also say... Who in their right mind as a doctor
1: would perform such a procedure on a minor? Well,
0: the HHS ruling said if you don't adhere to what the parent wants in terms of gender reassignment, it was going to be a discrimination case against you. Unbelievable, man. This is how out of phase we are right now. It's
1: getting so out of hand. It's getting so out of hand to the point of like just...
0: I don't even know what to say, <laughs> you know. Now I have friends. I have one very good friend, one of my mentors, as a matter of fact, who was a man until he was fifty and decided he wanted. To, he'd always been a woman, so he had gender reassignment surgery, and now he's a she. I, I get that, but you know, make that decision when you're an adult. Yeah. Right. Don't as a parent say, "Well, this is what I think for my child," and I'm going to change right. their entire life. Right. I mean, you can't get a tattoo if you're if you're a child without
1: parental consent. You can't go on a field trip at school without parental consent. You can, uh, see certain movies without a parent with you. I don't even think but a parent you can... <laughs> should be
0: allowed to consent on something for a minor child. That's this life changing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's straight up, uh, mutilation, you know, uh, when you really get down to it. I mean, the, some of the drugs that they use are, are actually what they use for like chemical castration for sex offenders and things like that. And, uh, you know, then you have the top surgery that they do on girls, which has happened to to many minor girls and, uh, and things like that. And it's just, uh, it's really demonic just stuff. And, and, you know, we should have compassion for people. Obviously, uh, what I'm saying is not that, you know, we should hate people or, or, you know, be, be harsh on people or judge them or anything like that. But we just have to tell the truth. We have to, we have to acknowledge this for what it is. Tell the truth about it because I believe that Honesty is the the highest form of compassion, you know, and that the best way to care for people, the best way to um, show that you love them is to to be honest with them, you know, and that that applies certainly to this uh, this issue.
0: Well, we said on the podcast that's one of our number one principles. It is the number one principle that we are going to tell the truth. Sometimes people don't want to hear the truth. Um, Congress is holding hearings for the first time in 50 years on UFOs today. Nice. As we do the podcast. So that, what that means, Kurt, is we've solved every other problem in this country. And now we can talk about Marvin the Martian. <laughs> that's what yeah. your tax dollars are
1: funding. Today. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, it, it, I'm sure it's interesting, but you know, are they really like if, if the, the CIA or something has a bunch of secret information about, about UFOs and aliens, you really think they're going to release, they're going to go public with all that? Hell no. Yeah. They're going to keep all that under wraps, you know? So, I mean, it might just be uh, kind of a, a public stunt, you know, they're like, oh, look at us. We're having a hearing on this, but I mean, it is interesting. There have been, I'm not necessarily, uh, Full on, like a believer in aliens mm-hmm. or whatever. But there have been some very interesting uh, occurrences in the past few years that have not really been explained. You know, there was that thing with uh, uh, David Fravor, I think his name is, the the uh, Navy combat pilot. Have you heard about this?
0: I've heard about a pilot who saw. An unexplained flying. Yeah, object. there's a
1: couple of them that are on video. Yeah, you know, and and this guy went all over the media. He went on Joe Rogan and everything else, and and he seems like a trustworthy person. I mean, he's he's a a, yeah. a, a career combat pilot, and he was talking about these uh, flying objects that were like defying the laws of gravity and going mm-hmm. from like right. 10,000 feet the video, down right. to like 10 feet yeah. in a matter of seconds
0: and you know all this stuff so it's very interesting well two points on this number one if they come and they're unfriendly we have Randy Quaid you know he took out <laughs> right. the aliens in Independence Day right right <laughs> And the other thing is, this goes way back to a Twilight Zone episode. If they come and they appear to be friendly, and they've got this big book that says, To Serve Man, okay, uh, it's a cookbook. To Serve Man, it, it, it's a cookbook. No, 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 no. <laughs> all right, right, just be right. careful. All right, don't yeah. get on the ship. It's a cookbook. Yep.
1: All right. Yeah, I can go down the rabbit hole on that. I love sci-fi. I used to read uh, sci-fi all the time, like back in high school and, and college. I'm
0: a Star Trek geek.
1: Yeah. There's a there's a book. There's a lot of good books, actually, about alien encounters, but there's one particular. It's called um, Childhood's End by Arthur C. Clarke, and it's about kind of like this idea that these aliens come and they're like benevolent aliens, and they like advance human techno- technological development and everything, and everything becomes like a utopia, but you slowly start to find out that they have, you know, ulterior motives. Sinister. And
0: yeah, it's it's a, it's a very— uh, It's one of my favorite words, sinister. Yeah, it's a well, good read. Could, yeah, well— I recommend that. President Biden is in uh, Buffalo today. We'll have a lot more on that later. His uh, latest job approval rating now stands at 39%, and that's according to NBC uh, the Rasmussen poll, right track, wrong track, now says 75% of Americans say we're on the wrong track. Mm. Can you, like, imagine... to be a lot of Democrats in there, don't you think? Oh, yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine applying that to any other industry, to any other job? Like your job, for example, as, as the morning show host on yeah. KFKF. Imagine if you took a poll of the KFKF listeners on their approval rating of the radio station, and it came back that 75% of the people... Listening to KFKF don't approve of what you're doing. Well, first of all, why are you still listening? But yeah.
0: Exactly. You got fifty choices.
1: But but it's like, you know, Obviously, you would make a change. You would do something different, or you would get fired, right. or, or they be else I would not be celebrating
0: in. my 25th anniversary on the morning <laughs> show this year. <laughs> right, that right. is for sure. You're right. I mean, to your point, that's exactly true. And and what we have as a remedy for 75% wrong track is 174 days away from a midterm election. Now, you have to look at this. If you think we're on the wrong track, and you know three-fourths of the country says we're on the wrong track, you have to believe one of two things. Either it's Joe Biden's fault— Or it's happening despite Joe Biden, Mm -hmm. and you know if things are happening despite Joe Biden, he's not doing a hell of a lot to fix it, other than pointing the finger at everybody whose fault it is. I saw a great analysis on this. You know, let's take the um, the baby formula thing, which is the latest thing. Yeah. You know, instead of pointing fingers and saying, "Well, you know, if I was a mind reader, I would have seen it coming." Mm -hmm. It's like, for God's sake, okay, we've got women who can't find formula for their babies. Um, Pete Buttigieg is our transportation secretary. I'm putting him on it today. We are going to fix this. Not, yep. it's your fault, it's his fault, it's their fault. You know, we're going to fix it. That's yep. what the government does. We're going to fix this. You don't get that sense of confidence.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. And I mean, on the baby formula thing, uh, specifically, not only are they not doing anything to fix it, but they're actively doing things to make it worse. And, and there have been a couple of, uh, Things that have come out, you know, a- accusing uh, the the administration of doing certain things. Now they may not be true, but from what I can see, they're they're totally true. One of which is they're sending formula to the southern border to uh, migrant stamps and things like that. Yeah,
0: pallets of it.
1: Yeah, and then the other is there there's a uh, program for feeding Ukrainians that includes uh, baby formula, sending baby formula to Ukraine. So we're sending baby formula to Ukraine. We're sending baby formula to the Southern border for illegal immigrants, but uh, we're running out of it for American mothers. So it tells you everything about where our priorities lie as far as uh, our government goes.
0: Next headline, Jen Saki is now co-hosting at MSNBC. Um, her co-host got the head start on that. And I thought this was funny because MSNBC is a cable network, right? It goes coast to coast. And they had a, in the, in the initial episode, they had a smaller 25 to 54 year old demographic number than I have on my morning show in Kansas City, where I'm one of 50 choices on the radio in a market of 2 million people. Wow. So that tells you how small the audience is. At uh, MSNBC, uh, she has her replacement, and, and I saw her first day at the podium. Less than impressed uh, with Kareen Jean Pierre, but you know, if you get out your Democrat bingo card, she does check a couple of boxes here: uh, first black woman in the role, first openly LGBTQ person to fill the role.
1: Okay. Well, if that you count the free boxes. space, if you count the free space in the middle, we're three fifths of the way there.
0: We got a bingo. Well, we need two more, but. Yeah. Um, and, you know, tweets have been revealed, uh, from her from before she was in this role. Um, she was formerly vice president Harris's chief of staff. Uh, in 2016, she tweeted that Trump is a fake president. What would yeah. you get as a Republican now if you said that Joe Biden was not uh, properly elected president? Well, you'd be a
1: terrorist, you would get banned on, on, uh, social media. I mean, like right now, you know, we're, we're broadcasting on YouTube. There are certain things that you can and can't say on YouTube. Now we may not reach a certain threshold where it, it would be noticed. But for example, if I use the S word that rhymes with, uh, well, ends in Owen <laughs> about about the 2020 election. Ah, yeah, you can't say that. You can't say that on YouTube. You'll get blocked. And you can't say that on Facebook. You can't say that on Twitter. Uh, on on most of the major social media platforms, she has tweets out and and statements out where she says that the 2016 election was was illegitimate right, of, exactly. of Donald Trump. So well, that's my
0: point. Yeah. Uh, she also said that Brian Kemp was uh, illegitimately elected in Georgia. Mm-hmm. You know, if you said, you know. What they're saying now is Stacey Abrams won that election. Well, you know what?
1: She may not have won the election, but she is now the president of Earth, so at that's least true. she got that. That was on a Star <laughs> she, Trek episode. She
0: didn't win the the governor of Georgia, but she took a big upgrade, you know. So she has that going for her. Yeah. So um, that's what we have to look forward to from the podium now. And uh, she had no eye contact answers to reporters yesterday. Mm. She was eyes down reading from prepared. Uh, yeah. And in fact, um, there was one case where a reporter asked her a question and the answer had nothing to do with the question. Yeah. It was she just read what was prepared down for him. Yeah. All right.
1: So, well, one more thing on that. Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: So Jen Psaki, I, I haven't really followed up with her, but so
1: does she have her own show now on MSNBC? I think she's or? co-hosting with somebody. Who the hell knows? Yeah. There's only five people
0: watching MSNBC right. anyway. Yeah.
1: And the, you know, the, uh, the numbers that you pointed out, that's probably a testament both to how shitty her show is and how good your show is because you're getting good numbers so. we could
0: look at it that way Yeah, <laughs> we, we certainly could and we will okay uh up next and, and you're gonna have to fill in some blanks on this so what i understand is um elon musk now has put his purchase of twitter on hold i think he's trying to get a cheaper price for it because of all the fake accounts is that your read on that yeah
1: something like that you know i haven't really looked into it too much myself but there's a lot of complexity obviously that that goes into this and uh he had a really funny tweet that he put out the other day uh who said uh, he said something to the effect of anyone who thinks that owning the libs is cheap hasn't tried to buy a a social media platform (laughs) 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 that was great 44 billion
0: (laughs) right is what's the original price
1: yeah 44 45 something like that but uh, but yeah so i mean i think there's going to obviously be a lot of negotiation there's going to be legal processes and and things like that so um, a lot of that is going to be behind closed doors, just because it's it's a private financial matter. So I don't know where they're at with that. But yeah, it seems like they're trying to cut down on some of the, the fake accounts or something like that. And then there was some service that I saw uh, retweeted where I guess somehow you're able to, uh, kind of estimate how many, what percentage of somebody's followers are bot or fake accounts. And uh, somebody had posted something like to this effect. I don't know how true it is, but. Uh, full disclosure, that Joe Biden's percentage, it's like 46%, you know, bot accounts or something like that. So, I mean, it would be good if they crack down on, on fake accounts, you know, and then we'll see on the other side of that, you know how many uh, real people are actually following all these well, different I'm real Twitter accounts, and, <laughs> and I'm on it.
0: And and I, I started over again. I mean, I had an account for a while, and then I got out of Twitter. So I started a brand new one. It's Dale Kfkf94, DaleKFKF94 at KFKF 94 So you can follow me on there, and anything I say on there, uh, I own because mm-hmm. it's 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 me saying it. Yep, absolutely. What's yours? Uh,
1: well, I, I'm operating the Dale Carter's America ah, Twitter page. What which is, which is our page? At Dale Carter's Amer A M E R. And uh, I'm doing my best to represent, because your name's on it, so I'm Thank not you. saying anything too crazy. But That won't know. get me arrested or fired,
0: and <laughs> won't be an S-word that ends in Olin. Right, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> these, are important, these are important things uh, that we need to clarify here. Um, okay, so moving on. Um, and I followed this story last week with great interest, because I thought, my God, maybe they, they get it in California. Maybe they're going to come up with a solution to a problem. Drought has been a problem in California for how long? Many years. Long time. Yeah. Um. And they have this huge body of water. Just If you're looking at a map, just to the left of California, there's this huge body of water called the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. All right? And we have the technology to desalinate the water and make it drinkable and usable in other ways, right? And uh, even the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, supported a 1.4 billion dollar desalinization plant it had to go before regulators they had to give it their blessing but the democrat governor of california said this is the direction we need to go what do you think happened um i don't know the regulators said no the process would harm marine life and a mm. nearby bird habitat. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, should have guessed no that. No desalinization plants. So the drought continues in California. They also have the distinction of the highest gas prices. Well, they also have... I, I hate to keep going
1: back to this, and I know we're going to do a deep dive on this, but they also have a reputation as one of the worst states for abortion. They have abortion basically up to the point of birth in California. So, I mean, they're doing all this. We can't have clean water because of uh, a turtle or some shit yeah, but, you know we, we spotted have, owls we can have abortion you know up to nine months
0: so protect the animals kill the babies yep it's pretty much is, is that the state motto of california now? might as well be <laughs> oh boy uh, you know it's crazy because if the election were held today you would go ahead and put up the state of california for joe biden yeah. Even though 75% of the country says we're on the wrong track, California's got the highest gas prices, they got all kinds of problems, they got drought, they won't solve the problems, but yeah. by God they'll they're they're deep blue. Yep. Yep, they just won't uh, they won't change. What so. happened in California. I mean, they voted for Ronald Reagan twice. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I just yeah. I don't know, man. It's those right. dirty hippies. Nah, that's <laughs> what it is. All right, let's see. Oh, here this is all, a few more news stories before we get into the meat of today's um podcast uh you you saw joe biden canceled oil leases in alaska and the gulf right yep i mean it just it proves that he's not serious about the current energy crisis again you know with record high gas prices instead of sending everybody out with the talking point of it's putin's price hike a real leader a real president would understand what's going on he would call a press conference and he would say i see what's going on here even Bill Clinton would do that yeah. and he would say by god we're going to fix it. Yeah. We're going to do everything within the power of this government to fix it. It will be an all-on-board strategy. And and he can't do that. He's canceling oil leases. He's saying it's his fault. It's his fault. You know, it's your fault, you know, it's everybody's fault except his.
1: Yeah, they need to work with the the energy companies and with the the state governments and and everybody else to ensure that we have energy, ensure that we have energy independence. You know, you, you could, could say we need to work, work together yeah. and I'm oh, going yeah? to read this quote. Should
0: I get my script? You, you're going to do it. Go, yeah, go for I'll, it.
1: I'll read the quote and you listening and watching, you can try and guess who this is. We, we will work, work together and, and continue to work together to address these issues and tackle these challenges and, and to work together as we continue to work operating from these new norms rules and agreements that we will convene to work together on to galvanize global action with that i thank you all this is a matter of urgent priority for all of us and i know we will work on all of this
0: together well if you take a guess if you didn't guess who it was maybe this would be another hand uh, it's the significance of the passage of time
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: we will work together and continue to work together to address these issues to tackle these challenges and to work together as we continue to work operating from the new norms, rules, and agreements that we will convene to work together on to galvanize global action. With that, I thank you all. This is a matter of urgent priority for all of us, and I know we will work on this together. Word salad from our VP,
1: right? So that's the strategy. I mean, that's all that Joe Biden needs to do. He just needs to follow the uh, the Kamala Harris playbook there, and our energy problems will be fixed. We just need to work together, Dale. Yeah.
0: Um, before Jen Psaki <laughs> left the White House, because somebody asked her this whole um, ultra-MAGA and the ultra-MAGA king, um, somebody asked, did that come out of the West Wing? And she smiled said, nope, that came directly from Joe Biden. So Joe Biden needs lessons and insults you know it's too bad that don rickles has left the the coil here the mortal coil uh because he would have been a great teacher for him so biden slams half the country almost like when hillary called half of the country a basket of deplorables i mean that was a little bit better slam than half the country is mega i would think 75% 75% of the country's MAGA right now because yeah. they want to make America great again. Yeah, we'd like to have what we had a couple of years ago. I mean, what is the opposite of that? We want to get shittier and shittier. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, and now you know, and I put up a picture. Massa, while I was AMA, waiting for AMA. you, make America shitty again. <laughs> well... <laughs> leave it where it is because it's pretty <laughs> shitty right now. Um but I put up a a picture on Facebook um and it's it's a cartoon. I think it's out of the Minneapolis Star, but it shows Trump with a crown that says the MAGA king, he's got a big smile on his face and then Biden uh king of inflation, open border, high gas prices, you know, you name the litany of things that have gone wrong. Um so what Biden doesn't understand is that we on that side don't go cower in fear and go, oh my God, he called us MAGA. It's right. like, yeah. Yeah, we embrace it. Yeah. And especially when you call us
1: Ultra MAGA, I'm like, that sounds pretty cool. You know, I might have to do a Photoshop, you know, of Dale with the the Ultra MAGA light laser beam eyes or something yeah. like that, you know. <laughs>
0: you know, Dana Perino, who was uh, George W. Bush's uh, press secretary, I saw her on The Five when this story came out, and she said, and Dana Perino is such a nice person, mm-hmm. right? She said, it, it makes me feel dirty. It's like something you would look for at the drugstore. I want the ultra-maga. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let your imagination I mean, that's go an from angle, there. I guess that's an angle. <laughs> well, the king of pizza in Kansas City is our, our good friend Jim Dingman. Absolutely. Uh, he is at Funhouse Pizza they're in Blue Springs and Lee Summit and we really need to get this on the calendar. Mm-hmm. We've got to go to the Lee Summit location and have a big party for Dale Carter's America. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. And, and well, let's get let's plan that. Let's get with Jim and let's let's get that done because uh you know, we want to meet some folks face to face, shake hands, kiss babies, know that you're not alone when you're listening to this podcast. There are a lot of people who think the way you do, who look at what's going on in this country and go, "What the hell?" Mhm. Yep. I, I, every time I'm watching the news, it's like, what the hell? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and
1: we're uh, we're trying to reach as many people as we can. So if you're listening to this, please tell your friends, subscribe uh, at all the places, and and we'll yeah, we'll definitely put something something together. We'll yeah. go to uh, to Funhouse Pizza, you know, with the whole crew, and we'll eat some ultra pizza.
0: We'll, we'll find a crown for for Dingman. He, <laughs> he would look good in the crown, yeah. and you know, he believes in the whole MAGA thing just like we do. Make I mean, why did that become a slur? Right. Make America great again. Yeah. Who's not for that? Right. Yeah, well it's it's it goes back to
1: obviously the the manipulation and control of the language by the left, you know, uh, they turned MAGA into the new, you know, Seagile or whatever. You yeah, it's just like oh man. But they they're really good at that. You know, they're really good at, at, at controlling how
0: people view certain terms and things like that. So. Remember when Trump got in trouble for referring to certain countries as shithole countries? Yeah. Well, Joe Biden gets a gold star for trying his best to turn America into a shithole country. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: And and that statement from Trump was just true. I mean, like you could say whatever you want, but it's just a
0: one hundred percent factual statement, so well, we were going to talk about abortion first, but I want to pull a, um, uh, an audible here and skip to the other one. We'll, we'll come back to abortion. We actually delayed the uh, podcast this week because we were waiting on the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court decided not to weigh in on it yet. So we'll get to that, uh, second, uh, in the segments here. But violence in our cities, um, is obviously front and center after the weekend that we just had. And uh before any of that happened over the weekend, I dog eared this story that I was gonna see, uh talk about here. New C D C data shows that the homicide rate shot up thirty five percent in twenty twenty when nineteen thousand people were shot and killed. That's five thousand more lives lost than in twenty nineteen. They say the pandemic is playing a role in violence in our cities. Blame the pandemic. I mean, how, how, how does that make sense? It doesn't, (laughs) but it's coming from the CDC.
1: You would think logically, right? If it's 2020, people are staying home. Yeah. Right. So they should, if anything, it should be less. They're going
0: out less. So people should be killing each other less. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly right. Um, and I don't know if you saw this or not, but Anthony Fauci, did you see that he yeah. came out and said that if Trump wins election in 2024, we don't even know if Trump's running yet or right. not. But if Trump wins in 2024, I'm out of here. Great. Really? I, I don't
1: think he, I mean, I hope he probably does now that he said that. But that's like the best campaign pitch for Trump 2024 that there's been yet. I think
0: if he hadn't said that and Trump ran and won. Who do you think the first person he'd fire would be? Well, I don't know because he didn't fire him the first time, so I think he'd fire him the second time. Maybe maybe. Oh yeah. uh, well, we'll see on that. Um, so President Biden is in Buffalo, New York. Uh, he's there to honor the victims of Saturday's mass shooting. Now, uh, that was a horrific event. Mm-hmm. Horrific event. Um, a young man uh, planned this thing apparently for a month has a manifesto out Mm -hmm. drives several counties over he's in armored uh he's all armored up and he is on a mission to shoot black people and he did it right i i I have questions about this aren't there red flags that come up and why weren't any of those red flags looked into you can't really do this in secret i mean he was all over social media youtube you talk about youtube he was all over youtube yeah and he apparently he live
1: streamed the the actual uh, attack on Twitch as well, which is yeah. a, it's like a video game streaming service. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, the whole red flag thing and, and all that, it's a legitimate conversation and there there's an answer in there somewhere. But I think that people jump to too many conclusions. It's like hindsight's twenty twenty always, yeah. you know, and you can't really, it, it, we're not living in like minority reports. Like the movie. I don't know if you've seen that movie I or have, not. But we're not really living in this in this world where you can just predict when somebody's gonna commit a crime and you can stop them before they do it. Because if you could do that, that would be, you know, you know, and predict with one hundred percent accuracy, then maybe you'd have an argument there. But, you know, you start infringing on other people, you know, and then who gets to decide? Who gets to decide what is uh, you know, violent? I mean, they're already now, you know, social media companies are calling anything remotely right wing, you know, violent hate speech, blah, blah, blah. Is that going to lead to a A crackdown on, on people's rights and things like that? The things
0: that this guy put out though, it deserved at least a conversation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I say there, there, there's nuance there somewhere. I don't know. I don't know specifically what he was saying or, or what, you know, red flags, if you want to call it that were, were present for this specific person. So I don't, I don't have enough information on that. I don't know if you have any more on that or not.
0: Not any more on it, but I understand he was interviewed and and um, there were medical pre- professionals involved. So we may be looking at at how we handle HIPAA moving forward mm-hmm. when you've got somebody like this. I know if you were a Catholic priest and somebody came to you in a confession and said you were going to go kill as many black people as you could, the priest would be would have to go to the authorities and say, hey, this guy said this to me. And step in and at least have a conversation. But when it happened, you know, I put out on on Facebook, I don't know if you saw this or not, I said, here are my predictions on what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. The first one is going to be, um, aha, white supremacy is alive and well in this country. Of course, yeah. And what was the first thing that was said by the administration? Of course. Yeah. Uh, they're they're equating it to terrorism right now. And the second line would be, let's get rid of all the guns. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So the first thing on this, and I put this on my personal Facebook page. My wife, Jennifer, doesn't like it when I put things like this on my personal page. She thinks I should put all the you know, the red meat stuff over on the podcast page. But this was important to me. Um, I said, if any of you, my 5,000 friends, my 4,000 followers, and anybody else who comes by my Facebook page, if you think in any part of your brain that white people are better than people of color, You should unfriend me right now, Mm -hmm. because that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's always been ridiculous. This is 2022. It's even more ridiculous than it ever was. But trust me, it was always ridiculous. Uh, And in terms of of guns, we've talked about this I don't know how many times, that law-abiding citizens, when you put a new law in, it's not going to change the equation. Bad people who are intent on harm are still going to do bad things. They, they just are. You, you can't legislate that out of the equation. And the other thing I said, um, the retired officer, Aaron Salter, uh, a hero. Yeah. Absolutely. Salter, the last name, uh, because he was a retired police officer doing security at that grocery store. He shot at the guy, and it went off his armor. What I would say moving forward in a situation like that, if you're a security guard, shoot him in the head. Yeah, I know that, you know, gun people are gonna say aim small, miss small, right? Well yeah, shoot, shooting someone in the head is easier said than done, but um it's empty certainly your clip if that's what it takes. Yeah. You know? This guy is no hero. I can't believe he's a hero to anybody. What guy? The shooter? The shooter. Who's he a hero to? I why you know in Joe Biden's world he he represents half the country. He, he's yeah. he's out there representing the ultra magas Whoa, and the ultra yeah. maga king. That's obviously you know your textbook
1: uh, straw man there. I mean I don't I don't think he he really uh, would be a hero to
0: anybody. But somewhere in the West Wing, you know, when all this news unfolded, this was not the only mass shooting that happened. Mm-hmm. There were other mass shootings this weekend. Yeah, there was one outside of a basketball
1: game. There was like ten people. Or more killed so, in Chicago over the weekend. Exactly.
0: Exactly. That happens every weekend. That's a yeah. weekend in Chicago. But, you know, you had the Laguna Church shooting. Mm-hmm. So somebody's in the West Wing going, eh, let's see here. Asian? No. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. uh, Dallas had a mass shooting. Let's see. What do we got here? Uh, Asian? No, we're not going to go there. Um, Houston? Uh, that was Hispanics. So we're not going to go there. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're going to Buffalo. They didn't go to Waukesha, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. where six people uh, were run over yeah. by a black man driving an SUV. Sixty-two people were injured there. Jen Psaki said at the time that moving the president into an area like that comes with so many logistics that we're not going to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, all of the victims in Waukesha were white, by the way. Yep. So why is President Biden in Buffalo right now?
1: Well, he's in Buffalo right now because he's going to use it as a political opportunity to further push this ridiculous racial narrative that the left is so obsessed with, and it, it's really upsetting. I mean, it, it, it's it's just another level of uh, craziness about this whole Buffalo thing, on top of the obviously paramount concern, which is that people died and there was a, a violent event, you know, and and some crazy asshole out there went and decided to shoot a bunch of people. But you know, underneath that you have, an isolated event, you know, that rarely ever happens. You can rarely ever point to like actual instances of white racists going out and killing minorities, you know, because of, of hatred or whatever. Um, but it's going to be used as this political tool by the left, just like January 6th, just like Charlottesville. Just like all of these things, we're never going to hear the end of it, and it's it's just going to further poison the well of American politics
0: deliberately. So, by the way. From the guy who promised that he would bring America together. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go back to his inaugural address on January 20th. I'm going to bring America together. Uh, It's going to be, we're getting back to normal. This crazy guy who did all this tweeting, he's out of here. Uh, I'm Uncle Joe. I'm your pal, Uncle Joe. Here, give me a chance. That was one of his lines. Give me a chance. Yeah, yeah. We've given you a chance, and you have wrecked our country, and you have made you you have pulled us further apart. I think than we've ever been.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I guarantee he's gonna. I mean, I don't think he's made a speech yet, but he's gonna make a speech. He's gonna talk about slavery. He's gonna talk about Jim Crow. He's gonna talk about the legacy of of racism. Uh, he's not going to talk about all of the The black nationalist hate crimes that have happened in the past few months. He's not going to talk about the anti-white rhetoric that is dominating our culture. Um, he's going to only talk about things, you know, he's going to, he's going to refer this event to things that are long gone, that don't matter anymore, that nobody alive had anything to do with.
0: And it's just, it's sad. Those are your predictions. And I'm sure just like my predictions over the weekend came true. Yours will as well. Now solutions, um he always says what's the other side's solution they got no solution they got nothing i'm working on a joe biden and that was not very good it's have not very say. good <laughs> all right fine it's not as good as your trump okay so here are my solutions see something say something mm-hmm. i mean you know there are 330 plus million people in this country mm-hmm. this guy could not have done all this in secret you know timothy mcveigh who used a fertilizer truck to blow up a building in Oklahoma City and kill God knows how many people didn't do it in secret. Mm-hmm. You know, there were people who had to know. Mm-hmm. See something, say something. You know, if I had any inkling that anyone that I knew was planning anything like this, you can bet your ass I'd call the police right. and say you at least need to have a conversation. Right. We we've said it I don't know how many times on this podcast, maybe at some point somebody will hear it. Prosecute gun crimes harshly, mm-hmm. harshly. You you don't get out. Yeah. You're, you're done. Um, eliminate the turnstile at the DA's office. You know, it made me sick to see um, the Pharaoh Quentin Lucas the first there in Washington D.C. Rubbing elbows with uh, Joe Biden. I mean, he's obviously auditioning to be the next Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. You know, in a city where we have a ton of violence. And he has absolutely zero solutions. He could say exactly what I said there, work with his own police department, and maybe we wouldn't have a murder a day here. Yeah.
1: I would, I would just add a couple things to that. I mean, I think everything you said is, is accurate. Um, but, you know, I would extend the, if you see something, say something, not only to the cops, but just to, you know, the, the other people surrounding oh, the Surrounding That's the what person. I'm saying. 330
0: you know. million people. We yeah. got a
1: lot of eyes in this country. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, there's there's an unfortunate um, trend, I think, where a lot of people that commit violent acts like this, certainly like the extremist, like lone wolf manifesto type of of people, um, you know, they feel very ostracized by society. They feel very lonely. They don't have anybody to talk to. They um, don't feel like they have any other choice but to commit this violent act. You know, and I think if we if we took that into account as a society, you know, and maybe not even necessarily through any government program or, or, uh, calling the police, you know, those may be options too, obviously, but just, you know, having compassion for this person, trying to help them, trying to talk them out of it, you know, um, things like that, you know, and maybe that did happen. Maybe not. I don't know, but uh, I think that's certainly viable too. You know, we need to, we need to, uh, pay attention to people, pay attention to what they're thinking, what they're saying, and what they're doing and, and use our own capacity as friends, relatives, and citizens to do something about it on our own too. Um, and then I would add, you know, in addition to that, I would add, I don't know what the gun laws are like in, in Buffalo, New York, but, uh, haven't really looked into it in this specific case, but, uh, we need to eliminate gun-free zones. We need to encourage legal concealed carry we need to encourage people to train with firearms because it, the the uh, cliche is true 100% that the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. In this case, it was the security officer who shot at him and slowed him down. And then they were able to apprehend the guy. Um, but you know, if there are more people there that were armed, more citizens there that were armed, maybe they could have taken him down. Maybe less people would have died. You never know. Yeah. But um, that's certainly viable too. And I think that it's it's a deterrent actually in a lot of ways. Where if somebody's trying to commit a violent act and they know that there's going to be a bunch of people armed in this area, they're mm-hmm. less likely to do it in the first place. And if they do do it, they're going to get taken care of.
0: Yeah, we went through that when I was on the Blue Springs City Council. Uh, somebody proposed an ordinance that we make all of our parks gun free zones, and I argued against it. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, not I don't want to turn them into a shooting range but I want somebody who's, who's thinking they're going to walk into a gun-free zone and have free range. I want them to have a little doubt in the back of their mind.
1: Yeah, and, and this whole idea that, you know, create, uh, eliminating a gun-free zone or allowing concealed carry is going to lead to just people shooting all over the place and blah, blah, blah is just not reflected by the data. No. And, and we've talked about this before. You can go follow John Lott, uh, crimeresearch.org, and, and all these other places. But, you know, if you look at concealed carry permit holders in America. They outnumber police officers 10 to one and they represent a lower, uh, statistical likelihood of committing violent crimes than police officers. So even take off duty cops on duty cops, uh, concealed carry permit holders are some of the most law abiding citizens in the country. And I think we need to acknowledge that and we need to encourage that.
0: Remember the um, movie theater that was shot up in Aurora, Colorado. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, who did that, but he went there specifically because there was a big sign that said, this is a gun-free zone. He knew he was going to get away with it, and he could kill as many people as he wanted to do. You know, you can't get into the mind of every, I mean, these are illogical people Mm -hmm. making illogical um, reasonings and assumptions. Um, And
1: it just, you know, it. not not to get (laughs) too into my own uh, preparedness or anything like that, but when I see stories like this, you know, you just never know. Like, it, sure, the, you can say that the statistical likelihood of, of something bad happening, you know, when you're out at the store or whatever, is very low, right? It's very low, but it's better to be prepared than to not be prepared. And all of those people who were in the store that day, they didn't th- obviously think that anything was going to happen. They're just going yeah. out to the grocery store, yeah. you know? So I think uh, we, as, you know, certainly in my case, as a husband and a future father, you know, and, and a, and a, concerned citizen and and XYZ, you know, taking the time to be prepared mentally uh, to train with a firearm and and to go ahead and get your concealed carry license and all of these things is very important.
0: Okay. Well, let's move on to uh, abortion because that was the big topic that delayed our podcast today because we were waiting on the Supreme Court to uh, hand down a decision. They handed down a decision in five cases, but they did not hand down a decision in the abortion case and they may not. You know, we may get to the end of the term, and they may not decide this case. Mm -hmm. A lot of people with their hair on fire about this, Um, and one of them is Chuck Schumer. Um, He put the Senate on the record. He said he was going to put him on the record, Mm -hmm. and he, Joe Manchin, to me, is a guy who really looks at both sides. I mean, maybe he ends up on the Democrat side more often than the Republican side, but what he said about this was spot on in my in my uh, point of view, my opinion. Um, When he said what the Senate was trying to do, what Chuck Schumer was trying to do was take Roe versus Wade and expand it. Yeah. And he could not get on board for that. So when you talk about California abortion on demand, they wanted to make that the standard in all 50 states that a woman could go in with no questions asked. Right. I'm assuming a girl as well without parental consent all the way up to term and elect for an abortion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're All really Republicans trying to- voted no, Manchin voted no, so it failed. So, I mean, here's my thing before you get into your thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I have been a little lukewarm on the abortion thing. I don't like it. It goes against my beliefs as a Catholic. Um, I think there are other options out there. But I think I'm in the vast majority of the country that says, hey, if you have an oopsie pregnancy, if you take care of it right after you find out, That's a lot different than you're at nine months ready to deliver Mm -hmm. and you decide you want to kill a fully formed baby. It pisses me off, frankly. Um, And I can't imagine now why anyone would vote for any of those Democrats who voted to expand Roe versus Wade to abortion on demand all the way up to term.
1: Yeah, I I guess I'll start with the, the last thing you said. I mean, I obviously do agree that there are different levels here. You know, if you're talking about the morning after pill or you know you know taking care of it right away with however you want to say it i mean that's much less severe than the the late term nine month abortion to be abortion. clear
0: i would not support that in my own family right. i would caution and and counsel my granddaughters that there are other options out there there's adoption there are a lot of other things on the plate but i'm just saying that the vast majority of americans they get in 2022 that if, if that's your call and you, it just happened and you took precautions, it's so different than the other end. Right.
1: Right. And I think everyone acknowledges that it's different, but that doesn't change that it's bad and it doesn't change that it is still ending a human life. I mean, I think that's the, the fundamental question that needs to be asked and, and answered, you know, and that's really what this all boils down to. Um, and we've already kind of gotten into that, so we don't necessarily have to yeah. rehash it. But yeah, in terms of the 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 bill that was uh, proposed by Chuck Schumer in the Senate, the, it's it's interesting because the way that they pitch it, right, is different than what it actually is. If you listen to how they talked about it, they talked about codifying Roe v. Wade. They didn't talk about Expanding legalizing it. abortion on demand, which right. is what it is. Right. Um, and so you you can almost tell that they're looking at the polling, you know, because people are much more just generally speaking, voters are much more receptive to the idea of Roe v. Wade yep. than they are to the idea of abortion because they don't necessarily connect the two things to the, to the degree that they are actually connected, you know, choice but, sounds <laughs> kind of benign, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a choice. It's a decision. It's yep. uh, it's women's care. you know, that's what right. they say. And so, they're using all this language, and they're saying, "Oh, we're just trying to co- to codify Roe v. Wade. We're just trying to codify a woman's right to choose." And I think you pointed out, Joe Manchin, accurately, you know, actually read the bill and, and said that no, this is not what's happening. We're actually expanding this, and and we're we're encouraging abortion now, and we're encouraging up to to the mm-hmm. point of birth and everything else. And you know, we we've talked about Manchin a lot. I mean, how many? How many podcast episodes have we had now where his name has come up? I mean, a he's dozen, the
0: linchpin of the Senate until a dozen, probably after this election. When yeah. Hopefully the Republicans are going to take over right now. He's the most important guy in the Senate. He
1: really is. And it's it's interesting to to think of it that way. But he he really is. I mean, because they only have, you know, there's he's that one vote, you know, he's yeah. that one vote
0: to tip the scale. And, and he's uh, well, you know, here, here's another thing too. Eric Adams, the mayor of New York. Mm-hmm. I had high hopes for him. You Mm -hmm. know, you can't get elected a dog catcher in New York if you've got a Republican next to your name. He's a Democrat, former police officer, and passed himself off as a moderate, much like Quentin Lucas has done in Kansas City. He is on the record as saying that women should have the ability to abort a baby all the way up to term. No questions asked. Yeah. And he also, you know, has been... Says a lot
1: about him. He's been pretty left-wing on that he's been very loose on crime he's been pretty left-wing on the whole uh gender ideology thing you know with everything going on in, in florida um he's openly called for all the teachers that were you know under fire in florida for teaching gender ideology to to little kids he was like oh come teach in new york We we'll, we we'll, we love that here you know and so i just think we have to be skeptical because it's all manipulation at the end of the day. It's the, the language around this bill in the Senate was pure manipulation. Yeah. The, this whole idea that I'm a moderate Democrat, you know, it's manipulation. They're saying that to get elected because they know that despite what everyone wants to say about the popularity of, of left-wing policies, they're not popular. Abortion is not popular in America. You can pitch it as choice and maybe you'll get a better result in the polling. You can pitch it as Roe v. Wade. Maybe you'll get a better result in the polling. But abortion on demand is not
0: popular. If I were a Republican running against one of these Democrats in a purple state, I'd shove this right up their ass. Yeah, seriously. I'd say this guy or gal basically says that it's now okay with no questions asked, even a minor, all the way up to term to walk in and demand an abortion.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And killing a baby. The Republicans, you know should be running on this have they some should. balls and get out there and do it is yeah
0: my is my
1: advice I, to Republicans. i could not agree more i could not agree more you know and i think a lot of republicans or at least too many are sort of cowering because they're accepting the left-wing narrative again the left-wing narrative using these softer terms you know and they're saying oh well Roe v. Wade, you know, is is popular. It has sixty percent support or whatever it is, and I think too many Republicans are buying into that, and then they're backing off of the of the issue, yeah, and they're not really well, going on the offense. Where you know these Democrat senators, the forty nine Democrat senators who who voted for this bill, that should be the number one line of attack for every Republican running against them. Is that this senator voted for this, and this is the bill, this is what it does, they
0: voted for it, right? Uh, th- Case closed. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the truth matters. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast. Um, and I've said a lot on the podcast about doing, I, to, I do the news on KFKF and, and I want the news to be right down the middle. Mm-hmm. I think the news ought to be the truth. Mm-hmm. Journalism is who, what, when, and where. Mm-hmm. Why is reserved for the editorial page. You would mm-hmm. agree with that. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Michael Ross is um, the VP of news at 24 seven news source.com. That is the news wire that we have at KFKF. It's written by NBC. Most radio stations these days use 24/7 news source. Mm-hmm. Um, the old days of AP and UPI—they're kind of the dinosaurs of the industry. Mm-hmm. They were the—they were the gold standard back in the day. Okay, so this is from the ninth news summary on Thursday, May 12th. I'm going to read verbatim what the news story in the ninth news summary said. Okay, it's only four lines. See if you can figure out what the problem is. The Supreme Court is about to meet under increased security. The justices will sit down privately for the first time today since it was revealed they're ready to end abortion rights by overturning Roe v. Wade. The U.S. Marshals Service has been ordered to help protect them. That's the news story. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... I wrote to Michael and and he told me, because way back when I had my hair on fire because I have to rewrite everything they write to get to the truth. And he said, hey, if you got an issue, hit me up. I'm the guy. Okay. So I said, number one, they didn't do anything. One justice had a draft opinion leaked, which is another issue that I hope is being investigated. There is no evidence. There is consensus on the court to overturn Roe. True. True. Yeah, I mean, uh, wasn't part of the
1: draft that there was a 5-4 on it, or was that not included?
0: Yeah. I, You know, it's, it's Alito's opinion at yeah. this point, right? Yeah. yeah, I guess that's a good point. Okay, so number two, if Roe is overturned, it will not end abortion rights. It will send it back to the states. Mm-hmm. I'm sure states like California and New York will allow partial birth abortion. Some states won't allow it at all. Mm-hmm. Most states will be somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Is that the truth? Yep. Number three protesters are breaking federal law by protesting outside the homes of justices there's a federal law that protects judges and justices for a very good reason Mm -hmm. the white house had what could be best described as a tepid reaction to that i think that's a dangerous precedent
1: yeah best described as a tepid reaction i mean you had some people jen saki included who were borderline encouraging it i mean they they mostly
0: peaceful protests they were
1: saying you know well you know this this is peaceful protests outside of their houses and we would certainly you know want people to continue to protest Protest
0: at the supreme court protest somewhere you don't go into the neighborhood of a judge or a justice that would turn our our justice system on its head Mm -hmm. maybe it's already there but, yeah. you know, if if a justice or a judge who has to make a decision that's going to mess up somebody's life looks out and sees a horde of people and there are wackadoodles out there. I mean, obviously, what happened this past weekend? There are yeah. whack jobs out there yeah. who will act
1: on this. Well, people have already acted on on the abortion thing. I mean, there there have been multiple attacks on anti-abortion uh, advocates advocacy groups. There was one in Wisconsin, I think, that got like firebombed basically. And of course, nobody's talking about that. That's not mm-hmm. in the mainstream news. Um, you know, they're still talking about January 6th as as the insurrection, the worst thing that's ever happened. But mm-hmm. they're not talking about the fact that Supreme Court justices families are being uh, threatened and and, you know, uh, protested in front of their houses. And a couple of them ha- have had to move to other locations, you know, because they don't want to be at the house. They, you don't know what's going to happen.
0: I continued with Michael, one thing not covered that I can find was the failed effort by Senate Democrats to make an expanded row, abortion on demand at any stage of pregnancy with no questions asked, a federal law in all 50 states. It failed because Manchin joined all of the Republicans. On an issue as incendiary as this one, facts matter. Once again, I raised the flag of news versus opinion. Thanks for your opinion. Now, as soon as I wrote that and sent that to Michael, the 10th news summary aired on the wire service Mm -hmm. okay this is the four line story about it in the 10th 9th and 10th probably written by the same person the supreme court will meet today for the first time since the bombshell leak about overturning roe v wade all nine justices will meet privately inside the high court as protests go on outside the meeting comes a day after senate republicans blocked a bill that would protect the right to choose (laughs) that's in the news Nice. My, my only caption to that was those bad old Republicans is the DNC writing the news at Metro now, because that's exactly where it comes from.
1: Yeah. I mean, let me just look at this real quick. Cause what if you just wrote it the other way, right? The meeting comes a day after Senate Democrats failed to pass a bill that would guarantee abortion through the point of birth. Yeah. That would be true. How about that?
0: <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. Republicans didn't do anything to the right to choose. Right, right to choose would still be there. It just refers it back to the states, and most states in this country have lopsided majorities in their state houses. Mm-hmm. So California and New York, I mean, you know, baby comes out, you don't like the color of its eyes, jam the scissors into the neck. That's probably going to be the law in New York and yeah, California. And that's
1: not really an exaggeration, it's by not. the way. I mean, they, we've had cases where... We've had partial birth abortions in, in these states, you know, where, where the baby is basically being delivered. I mean, the mom is in labor and and they perform an abortion. I mean, former I governor, cannot imagine, honestly, I cannot imagine a more horrific thing than yeah. that.
0: The former governor
1: of your home state, Virginia. Yeah. You are from Virginia, right? Uh, Well, I'm from Pennsylvania, but yeah. I lived in Virginia okay. for a number of years. You remember
0: what he said? Yeah. He was a doctor. Yeah. He said, you make the baby comfortable and then you decide if you want to keep it or not.
1: Yeah. And Pardon. then you kill it if you don't our favorite blackface governor <laughs> i'm telling you man baby killer blackface baby killer governor this gets my blood pressure
0: going it really does yeah yeah you can tell cuz it's when i drink a beer you know i have some sort of allergy to alcohol so even if i drink like a beer you see my face go beet red it's true <laughs> yeah and it's probably red right now Nah, a little bit. A little bit, because I'm a little bit pissed. So let's move on to our our kicker story. And again, our podcast, we want to thank Bob Watson, State Farm agent. Terrific guy. If you need uh, auto insurance, homeowners insurance, he's the guy. He's the face. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that you're going to talk to who's going to know your name and and be able to counsel you on what it is you actually need. Yeah, absolutely. And you know uh, the
1: some of the stories that I've been hearing. You know, like I said, I'm looking forward to to more uh, old Dale Carter stories with, in terms of uh, your your run-ins with the with the insurance. But you know, it sounds like you used to maybe have a bit of a lead foot and uh, you, didn't, Perhaps. you didn't lose your license, you, right. you didn't lose your car, or anything like that. Bob's
0: so. a good father figure for me. <laughs> he's, he's set me straight more than once, and I thank him for that. He's at 8th and Main in Blue Springs. His phone number is 816-229-7878. Call Bob and and get surprisingly great rates and, and know that you've got a team at his office who's going to be behind you in all of your insurance needs. Absolutely. Thanks, right. Bob. Now let's take you to uh, what we call the kicker here. Um, don't know if you saw this story or not but in the uk now this is a law calling a man bald is sexual harassment really yes so we're getting closer and closer kurt to the day because i always say that i am in that last that last group of people that you can discriminate against all you want right okay slightly overweight yeah, thanks to Slim for Life. I'm not the behemoth I used to be, but <laughs> slightly overweight, 59 year old, I'm not 59 yet, 58 year old, left handed blonde. Mm-hmm. You know, you can discriminate against me all day long. But we're getting closer because when a bald male now in the UK, it's sexual harassment to say, hey, that guy's bald. Well, you're not bald. I mean, are you balding? I'm not bald? Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> We're done today. This is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's
1: America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to America at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.